chapter of James, we're going to begin reading with verse number 6. James 4, verse 6. And the Bible says, but he gives us more grace. Aren't you glad about that? And that is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Come near to God, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And we're going to pause right there. This part of our study is called the, the cure for the conflict in the church. This section, as we've been in it now for, for many weeks, there's been conflict in the church. The fourth chapter begins with fighting and quarreling. And we've looked at the, 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 the cause. And the cause was simply everybody wanted to do their own thing. Everybody wanted to have their own way. And so they went about it carnally. It was just a lot of flesh. That was the cause. We studied for many weeks the characteristics. Because when you get in the flesh, you produce what the flesh produces. Amen? When you walk in the spirit, you produce what the spirit produces. You get in that selfish thing, the agenda thing, the, the impure motive thing, you produce that. So we studied that. And then we got to the condemnation uh, of the conflict where James just says you're acting worldly and friendship with the world's enmity towards God. And now finally we're getting to the, the cure, the cure of the conflict. And the cure of the conflict to overcome the world, the cure of the conflict to overcome my old nature and to walk in peace and victory is the grace of God. God gives us grace. That's the beautiful verse, but God gives us grace. Don't have to give in to the world. Don't have to be overcome by a carnal nature that wants to do things the old way. We can give our lives humbly to the grace of God and watch the grace of God work in us and through us. So the cure of the conflict, God has given us his grace. But our question that we began last time, how do I appropriate or put the grace of God to work in my life. I want it to flow in a good measure. I need the grace of God. I don't know about you. But the grace of God doesn't just come because we're Christians. The grace of God doesn't just come because we sing Amazing Grace. There's plenty of grace to save a lot of people and they're not being saved. There has to be a response on our part to tap into the grace of God, to receive the grace of God. And there's even different measures of the flowing of the grace of God. We said before, if you got a well... You know, you know there's a lot of water in that well. been raining day and night. You know there's plenty of water. And sometimes you open up that faucet, drip, drip, drip. What's the problem? That filter gets clogged up. And we can do things that clog up the flow of God's grace in our lives. So there's even different measures and dimensions of the grace of God. And what James is doing here, he's giving them the cure, which is the grace of God. Then he gives them about nine imperatives, nine commands, nine exhortations on what they could do, what they need to do to cause the grace of God to flourish and really flow in their lives. I want God's grace to flow in my heart and in my family, in my ministry and in my walk. I want God's grace to flow. So again, the cure, the cure for the conflict uh, is God's grace. And you and I need to learn how to tap into the grace of God and respond properly to the grace of God and receive it and how to... Um, how to remain strong in the grace of God. There's a good thought. I want to position my life to receive God's grace. Because that same grace that saves me is the same grace that will sustain me, keep me going and keep me strong. That same grace that will sanctify me and help me to grow and become the one God's called me to be. But I have to know how to receive and release the grace of God. For example, notice 2 Timothy 2 and 1. 
Notice 2 Timothy 2 and 1, how, how Paul exhorts Timothy, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How many know there's a lot of grace in Christ Jesus? Amen? I mean, there is sufficient grace in Christ Jesus. But Paul's saying, Timothy, you've got to be strong in that grace. You've got to do something to tap into that grace. You've got to know how that grace works. Remember old Ben Franklin, all right? Went out to fly a kite, kind of a night like tonight. And what was it? He wasn't inventing electricity. He was trying to figure out how does it flow? How does it work? God created electricity. God gave grace. We've got to figure out how this thing works. That's why you get so many ignorant Christians walking in defeat instead of walking in victory. Where they got all things pertaining to life and godliness. They got the book. They got the Holy Ghost. Amen. They've got all this, but they haven't learned how to live it. Or they haven't chosen to live it. But here James is trying to tell this church, you don't got to be fighting and quarreling, division, getting frustrated, and acting like people that don't know God. You can rely on the grace of God. But you got to learn how the grace of God works and flows. You know, you study that electricity, there are certain things that are conduit and certain things that aren't. Certain things that electricity can really flow through easily, right? And certain things, it, it's not good. We learned that. We studied the Bible. There are certain things that release the grace. God gives grace to the humble. There are certain things that reject that flow. He resisteth the works that way in spiritual things works that way in spiritual things so what we have here we've got nine thoughts tonight well we won't even get to all three but tonight's thoughts simply is number one i want the grace of god to flow number one i'm going to relinquish control of my life number one relinquish control number two i'm going to resist the devil and number three i'm going to restore worship as a priority in my life and we'll see how far we get there. But number one, you know, we use this phrase whenever we witness to someone. Have you given your life to Christ? Have you given your life to Christ? And really what we're saying is have you surrendered your life to Christ? Have you surrendered and given your heart to Christ? And so we see number one, look at verse seven now. We found out this, how's this grace going to flow? Well, number one, the grace is going to flow, as verse seven tells me, as I submit myself to God. Now, who does the submitting? I do. Amen. And God don't force me. There'll come a day every knee will bow. Amen. Like it or not. Amen. But, but right now, God says it's in your court. Here's the gospel. You can receive it and believe it and be blessed by it or you can reject it. All right, now that you're saved, here's my word. You can build on my word, practice the principles in my word and enjoy the blessings or you can just... Kind of struggle through, saved, but defeated. He shows, number one, if I want God's grace to flow, this amazing grace, this strong grace, this life-transforming grace, number one, submit myself to God. I've got to be a yielded vessel. I've got to surrender. You know, you can have a little kid. He, he can be 25 pounds, but if he doesn't want to get picked up, he, it's, it's, it's a struggle, isn't it? Right? But when they yield, you pick them right up. Boom, boom, boom. Right? When they're sleeping, you get under them. You go, but boy, when they're kicking, they're fighting. And God says, oftentimes, I want my grace to flow in your life. But you got to yield to me. you got to submit to me. you got to arrange things in my divine order so it flows. Relinquish control. Give your life to Christ. There's a surrender. 
Now in verse 6, we found out God gives grace to the humble. And the humble are those that are willing to submit to God's desire for them, God's will, God's way, rather than the proud. And remember the context of our chapter here. People are going after their own desires, fighting and all that. And rather the proud are insisting on their will and their way, insisting on their pleasures being satisfied. And we've studied that in the past. But number one, submit. Submit means to fall in rank. Military term. It means to fall in rank. Take rank. Fall under rank. Uh, again, did you want the grace of God to flow? Then submit and yield to the word of God, to the will of God, to the ways of God, to the spirit of God. How can you get godly people that are always quarreling? Well, there's not a lot of proper submission and surrender, is there? Everybody wants their own way and has the last word, and it's very hard to have peace in that atmosphere. Just like grace, there's things we can do to create a peaceful atmosphere. Here we go. Submit means to fall in rank. And the proud struggle with this. They, they don't like to submit to authority. They don't like the chain of command. They just want to do their own thing. Proud wants to do it his way, at his time, and his will. And, and they never really want to relinquish control. Terrible thing, isn't it? And because what we study in the Bible and humility, not only do I humble myself to God, but we're called to humble ourselves to one another. You know, sometimes, well, it's God, but when it comes to my brother, hang on. How I treat you is affecting how he treats me. So we see submit, submit, the relinquish control. You know, I've seen in these, been, been doing this a lot of years, a lot of years, a lot of years. And I've seen people that were really a mess, that God turned their life around in such a relatively short time. I've seen others for 30 years, just a mess. They're a mess. Show up every now and again, maybe shed a tear. They're a mess. They might be able to quote it. They're a mess. Biggest difference, one surrenders. One just wants to keep doing their own thing their own way. One likes singing about the grace of God, but won't do the things to allow that grace to flow. But I've seen others make some foolish things, but really get broken before the Lord and really make a fresh surrender to God. And that amazing grace began to flow. And within months, and their lives were just transformed. And God brought healing and God brought restoration. The others have been a mess. The same all, same all for 30 years. Why? Because they're still rebellious in their hearts. And instead of submitting and surrendering, they're resisting and rejecting. Instead of doing what it takes to let that grace flow, and when the grace flows, healing flows. When the grace flows, their cleansing flows. Amen? When the grace flows, relationships are healed. When the grace flows, I mean, struggles in the mind and the emotions are healed. But when we resist the grace of God, that same old thing doesn't lose its hold. The same old thing keeps gone at us. Woo! Grace of God. I want to learn how to flow in the grace. Amen? We've got the treasure house called the grace of God, and we haven't learned how to tap into it. First thing, I'm going to surrender and, and submit. Submit. Note, this is what caused so much of the strife, conflict, and the division in our text here in the church that James is dealing with. But we must submit to the control of God. That releases the grace of God to work in me and to work through me. It's when we say, Uncle. It's when we say, Lord, I surrender. I'm sorry, I'll do it your way. I'll do whatever when God, the grace of God flows. 
the grace of God flows. I want to note the humble and submissive position. Humility and submission positions a person for the grace of God to work in their life. As I submit to the word, I build my house on the rock. Amen. As I submit to the spirit, I'm not grieving or wounding the spirit, but a spirit is released to energize and to work in my life. When I submit to the structure of God, there's a divine structure for the family, a divine structure for the church, a divine structure for our relationship with God. And when I submit to the structure of God, how do I put it? Um, be aligned with the order of God. When I submit, I get myself aligned with the order, the divine order of God. Submit, use of a soldier under authority, under the authority of his commander, following orders. Now, we're talking about surrender and submission. That's the first step to really releasing this grace to flow. We sing about the grace of God. We know very little about the grace of God because we fail to study about the grace of God. But Peter, but James is teaching us, first step, want grace to flow? Surrender. Submit yourself, submit yourself therefore, to God. A willing, conscious submission to God's authority. I humble myself. I give my allegiance to God. I obey his commands. I follow his lead. Amen? Now let's look at a couple of verses here just for examples. Um, go look at Matthew 11, and let's go to verse 28. Matthew 11, in verse 28. It's the first thing to really release this grace is submit to the grace of God. Yield to the grace of God. Let that grace flow. Say, yes, Lord. And here, these are the words of Jesus. Matthew 11, in verse 28. And Jesus said, come to me, all that are weary and burdened. I know a lot of people are tired and frustrated, amen. But they won't come under the yoke. They're tired and frustrated, but they still won't surrender. Their, their life's been a mess. They, 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 but they still won't come to the answer, amen. They still won't accept. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I want you to notice something about these verses. According to Jesus, receiving his rest 